0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
3: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition. Oh, it feels like summertime, doesn't it? It's hot out there, and uh, it's good. It is very, very good. Take this any day of the week, any month of the year. Hey, uh, have you seen the photograph, the heartbreaking photograph of the, the father and daughter uh, who died trying to cross the, uh, the Rio Grande. This is a, um, it's, it's all over media. I'm sure it's in the PG. It's certainly on the front page of the New York Times and the national uh, websites, uh, CNN and Fox and, and all that. Uh, Salvadorian migrant Oscar Alberto Martinez and his 23-month-old daughter, this little girl named Valeria, they drowned Sunday uh, in the Rio Grande, Now, look, they're not the first immigrants to die in their attempt to reach United States soil, and clearly they would not be the last. But their story will likely better be uh, better known than others who failed to survive the journey because that photo of them lying in the water face down is just so brutal. It's it's really difficult to look at. Um, Mexican president, the president of Mexico, uh, what's his name? Andres Lopez Obrador. He says, quote, it's regrettable that this would happen. Texas Congressman Joaquin Castro, chairman of the House Hispanic Caucus, said, quote, it's very hard to see the photograph. Uh, Martinez and his wife, uh, Tanya Alvarez, and their little girl uh, are all from El Salvador. And so they left their country. They left El Salvador in April. They spent several months in southern Mexico. They ventured north in an attempt to enter the United States. Like how many – Thousands and thousands are at the border now. They tried to apply for asylum at the International Bridge in Mexico. They found offices closed and many people, of course, ahead of them in line. So they decided to cross the Rio Grande. Uh, Martinez first carried his daughter, 23-month-old daughter, across the river, and then he went back for his wife. But then the toddler saw the father swimming away. She jumped into the water after him and and then he tried to go towards her, and then they were both swept away by the current. So, does it change anything? I mean, it's such a mess after all this time. And look, you look. I know it's a flashpoint, and I, I believe that, despite the narrative of the Trump administration not caring, which I don't believe for a, for an iota or not wanting to help people that are locked in. This has been going on for a long, long time. And I'm not trying to give the administration a free pass. At the same time that you know, if you do a little bit of reading, there's a long historical sweep about this crisis. And it's just gotten worse. I mean, people, these people who are in Mexico who are making millions acting as couriers, I mean, this is a gigantic business. It's gigantic. How do you stop the flow of immigrants, call them what you will, illegal aliens, refugees, asylum seekers, whatever? These are human beings. Men, women, of course, children as well. And, of course, no one in their right mind is happy about this. No one no one wants to see this. But as a follower of Jesus, what do we do? I mean, I, I, for me, I, quite honestly, I feel hopeless about the situation. Do you feel hopeless about it? It seems so big and so beyond. But then you see these photographs of these kids, and I, it's well beyond Republican Democrat. It's well beyond that. So what is the solution? How can we fix this? How do we solve this? The wall? The wall? There's some... What? Is the The wall's not the answer, or it's a partial answer, but you have to stem the flow. As a believer in Jesus, I just... My heart breaks, and I'm sure that yours does too, but seeing this photograph today, and I would... I would challenge you to look at this photograph, as painful as it is, because it puts a brutal face on what's happening. Again, I am not pointing the finger at the Trump administration, because it goes well, well beyond this. But something has to be done. And there's no quick fix. Obviously, after all this time, what do we do? What do we do as believers in Jesus Christ to do something? How do we change the narrative? How do we save lives? How do you make life better for people in Guatemala, El Salvador, Mexico, all the way down deep into South America and beyond? I mean, as generous and as forward-thinking, as kind of a country as we are, what, there's 325 million of us here right now. And billions, I believe, billions more would like to be in here. And still, we have people going, you know, what, the soccer stars. If I win this thing, I'm not going to the White House in really deep and ugly and crude language. People hating on the United States. It's a great country. And I know you know it is a great country. It's a fabulous country. It's the best country. But something's seriously wrong. How do we fix this? Again, as believers, what do we do? That's where I am today. Where are you? Where are you today? Cast away. Cast in Germany. Holy heck. Can we talk about immigration? Look, look, at what, look at what happened in Europe. I mean, they opened, they opened up the borders, and now they're paying the price for this. I'm sure that if they had to do it over again, they would do things different because it's a mess. Cast in Germany right now with the Pittsburgh Girls Choir. And uh, she'll be back uh, early next week. So I'll be soldiering along with you today. we got a good show. We really do. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the beauty of God's creation. We're going to talk about reaching your peak. And what, you, what age do you feel like you reach your peak? And then what? After you reach your peak. We're going to talk about twisted scripture. We're going to talk about gratitude as well. All these things in this show. Oh, I'm also going to give away some uh, tickets. Some baseball tickets. Not Faith Night tickets. Faith Night's over. Washington Wild Things. This is minor league baseball. You've been to a Washington Wild Things game? You ever go to a minor league game? It's fun. It's really cool. It's like a little circus. Some weird stuff going on there. I mean, in between every inning, they're throwing stuff around. They're giving things away. People running around the base pass. It's a lot of fun. So I get those tickets as well. Two family four-packs a little later on the show, so stick around for that. Okay, we're setting the stage. Stick around, won't you, please? In just a few minutes, Pastor Josh Brown is going to be with us to talk about the beauty of God's creation. It's a heartbreak today, isn't it? Stay with us. We've got lots more ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio.
4: 101.5 WORD.
2: How will the world end? Do current
5: events point to the fulfillment of end times prophecy and the rise of the person who will take center stage during the most horrible days the world has ever seen? Get answers as John MacArthur continues his study, The Man Who Would Be Christ. A
2: compelling look at the Antichrist. This week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD.
5: I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict. After only 20 minutes, and yes, I won.
4: My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare.
5: Whether you owe ten to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly held an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau.
6: Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-653-1188. That's 800-653-1188.
2: 800-653-1188. It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher along with Word FM on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the garden tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfm.com Israel. That's W-O-R-D-F-M slash
3: Israel. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Hey, thanks for coming along. Pastor Josh Brown is with us. Pastor Josh is the pastor at Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood. Hey, Josh, welcome back. Good to see you. John, a great great to be with you again. Yeah, thanks. pleasure. Thanks. Hey, uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, the appearance on the show and what you want to talk about. And, um, You know, I just kind of offered a few things, and we we settled on something that, uh, oddly enough, I was sitting in my backyard when I was texting you, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, it's so beautiful out, it's so gorgeous, and I live for this for this time of year. And you know, you're surrounded by the the verdant green everywhere and the blue skies, and it's just perfect. Yeah. And then so I said, hey, let's you know, how about this? Talking about beauty, and then you sent me two incredible photographs, right? Because you had just been back, uh, you were traveling in Guatemala and, and in Denver.
7: Yeah, I've been getting to do a little bit of travel recently, and here's a here's where radio disadvantages us. I'd love to share those photos. Oh my and gosh, really show that! But yeah, you told me let's. Why don't we talk about the goodness of God's creation and the beauty we see there? And, and I said, yeah, you know what? That's exactly the thing's been on my mind recently. I, I had a wonderful opportunity to make a couple trips back to back. And I was with a team from our church. We send a missions team down to an area of Guatemala each year. So I was down there and uh, visiting some friends. I've been down there enough times now. We have some great relationships. But like a lot of these trips, we had a half day there at the end to relax a little bit. And and we went to this area called Panahashel. And there's a famous lake there. It's called Lake Atitlan. So even though I can't show anybody anything, if they want to look this up, it's ATI. T L A N A T I T L A N. There's tons of images for it online because it's this this, uh, lake surrounded by volcanoes. Oh my gosh, gorgeous! Yeah.
3: So the the photo you showed me was this like soft sort of mirror image of this deep aqua blue, Mm -hmm. and then in the
7: really close distance are two volcanoes. Yeah, there's actually three. I might not have really? been able to get them all in the photo there, but it, it is. It's incredible. It's, a, it's an amazing place. And we were there on a Saturday morning and then we had a red eye home that night. So I got home Sunday morning here in Pittsburgh and I, I flew out real early Tuesday morning. Our denomination was having their annual um, conference. We called the General Assembly. It was out in Denver. Yeah, And I got there early Tuesday afternoon and didn't really have anything that first afternoon. So I went out to uh, Red Rocks to the park on the edge of the Rockies there and was just doing some hiking. And 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 I had a moment too where I thought yeah, three days ago I'm down in this <laughs> volcano. It's incredible. This it my life. I thought you know my life is not usually like yeah, this. this. A is jet very, This is very abnormal. Yeah, the timing was amazing, but uh, the scenery there also uh, as different as it possibly could be. There you've got these amazing red rocky outcroppings and these uh, formations that are that are astounding, and you can see the sky forever and. And uh, yeah, I had some of those thoughts. So when you said, why don't we talk about this? I thought, I've been thinking about that myself the last few days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we take it for granted. We sort of get immune to it, right? I mean, but God's creation is
3: everywhere. And I think, you know, uh, we both would decry this as well, that we live in a small screen
7: world and we forget to look up and see the massive, unbelievable beauty. We do, and I suppose there is a certain amount of irony in the fact that I texted you these two pictures <laughs> of how big, how big and vast God's creation is, and we're both looking at our screens yeah. and saying, "Wow, look at that!" Um, but th- those are a, they're they're not around here too. I, I was, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. I've lived here most of my life. I love this area, but yeah. and we've got some great scenery here too. So I think sometimes. Um, those kind of vistas are incredible. Uh, they're not the norm for most people, but even in even in the areas where you live, even just in the seemingly mundane parts of it, uh, there are things that can remind us of it. And that's thoroughly biblical, too. Uh, in Scripture, that's something that we see often, especially in the Psalms. Uh, the psalmists are writing often about, wow, I just I look around me. And I don't know exactly what David was seeing in those moments. It could have just been a simple field, maybe it was a little stream, maybe it was some of the mountains, maybe it was Mount Zion, I don't know exactly but uh, that's something that is biblical the psalmist, uh, Psalm 19 talks a lot about that, just the, the beauty and grandeur that we can see in God's creation uh, there are a lot of other ones that, that speak about that as well
3: Some people would go, well uh, are you guys talking about, because you know there are, I think there are people who um, are not believers in Jesus, mm-hmm. but they are believers in what? Nature and they see God in nature. But there's a distinct difference.
7: There is, yeah. And I guess we'll switch to a little more the- theological kind of <laughs> reflection here. But that's something that's biblical as well. Uh, probably the most famous place for that is in Romans chapter 1 where Paul acknowledges that. He says, look, anybody can look around and, and get a sense that there's something out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we like to call this general revelation in that there's a sense, he says there, you know, God's invisible attributes, this idea that there is something beyond me, something bigger than me, that's out there. And and you really have to actually fight against that to, to deny that. Now, you may not be able to, on our own, we can't say exactly what that is or delineate that real well. But there is a sense when you look around you at the world around you and just say, man, there's... Something is out there. How could there not be? Right, right, there's a creator here. Yeah. Now, now Paul goes on right away to say that's not enough, and right. that actually leads us into a lot of trouble because, as you said, we might end up worshiping nature, or we might end up fashioning something after our own design. So there needs to be more than that um, in in a lot of theological areas, and they'll call that special revelation, and we'll say really that's what Scripture is. It's Scripture that helps to explain to us, this is what you're looking at. This is who's behind that. Right. Uh, John Calvin had a really famous illustration about this. He said that Scripture is like a pair of eyeglasses that you put on. And, you, know, you can see around you, everything's distorted and fuzzy, but you put that on and it brings it into focus. So oh, that was his cute. famous illustration of saying Scripture really brings into sharp focus our understanding of, oh, I, I had a vague sense that maybe there was some higher power, if you will, and now in Scripture, I learn that this is the Father, Son, Spirit, the one Creator God who has redeemed us, who has called us to himself, revealed himself supremely in Jesus Christ. So, uh, But to get back to the idea of nature, the Bible affirms that through and through, that, yes, we can see something even of the goodness of God, we might say, in creation. Oh, my
3: goodness. I mean, it, it, right? If you are so inclined, if you call yourself a, a child of God, and you, you just can't help but be humbled. I remember years ago— uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, deeply invested in photography. You know, mm-hmm. walking around, with, you know, with a thirty-five millimeter camera years ago, when it, you know it was a film world, not a digital world. And I remember reading, you know, uh, in a photography magazine, and they they talked about it, it would take you a lifetime if you just charted out a square mile from your house and you walked around and photographed daily that square mile. Right, the things you would see. The beauty that would be present before you, both low and
7: high, it just yeah. – sometimes it's so much to take in. And how it would change, I'm sure, even on a daily basis. You have flowers that are blooming or trees that are budding or you know, whatever else is going on. Yeah. yeah. There's so always something going on.
3: It's it's overwhelming, isn't it? I mean, really, when you see it – just even my backyard last night, I just – I yeah. bow my head and go, Lord, you are beyond anything. And so, when, when, and when again, when I hear people kind of go – well, uh, God would say this, or for us yeah. to sort of ascribe any
7: notion of we know anything about the Lord, uh, it's beyond me, just when you look at a leaf. Well, that that also is in the Psalms. Psalm 8 is the one that very famously, where the psalmist says, when I consider the stars <laughs> and the skies and the work of your hands, he says, w- what am I that you should even care about me? What, what is that. man that you are mindful of me, the son of man that you should care for him, and and that's a very, uh, I mean, I think we can relate to that. I, I feel yes. like that's something I relate to. Like you said, if you, especially a night sky, I know these a lot of these sound like cliches and I understand that, but you look but up true. at a starry sky and that's what the psalmist was doing saying, geez, oh man, what, who am I that you have known me intimately that, that you love me, that you have some kind of relationship with me. I, I Wow. There's a lot bigger things than me going on. Yeah.
3: And I'm only here for a brief amount of time. And I I thank you, Lord, for the awareness
7: to see the beauty of your creation Mm -hmm. and including me in that because in a wisp, I'll be gone. Yeah, and I feel like if we have a conversation like this, we should at least briefly notice that uh, for the people who think, well, not everything is good out there in creation. No, of course natural not. disasters and all these kinds of things. You know, Scripture talks about that as well, that the fall has not just affected us on, on like a moral level, but it says that the very fabric of creation has been warped by this. So going back to Romans, it's in Romans 8 where Paul says, look, even cre-, he says creation itself is longing to be redeemed. And there's some fascinating thoughts in there. But that at Christ's return and when he ushers in the new heavens and new earth, when things are made the way that they should be and fully restored, uh, everything will be, not just us, but everything will be the way that it should be. So the glimmers of beauty and grandeur that we see now are almost like appetizers, I think. Can you imagine that? Oh, I'm no, <laughs> no, I, I mean, can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, years
3: ago, uh, you know, as part of a radio outlet, we get books all the time. Somebody sent me um, the Green Bible. Oh, yeah. And uh, you now, you know, and Kathy, uh, she regularly mocked me about it, but you know, quite honestly, it's one of my favorite Bibles only because I like the feel of it. Okay. It's kind of like a um, a rough cover, and the paper's real nice, yeah. but they did this weird thing where, you know, it's not a red letter Bible, it's a green letter Bible. So anything oh, yeah? that had to be, anything that dealt with creation care, they highlighted that. In green. Yeah. Oh. Which, you know, okay, all right, whatever. Sure. It was just a, sort of a sales
7: thing. But, but i the, i mean the the bibles filled with all these green words there are a lot in there yeah and christians uh, i mean on on a spectrum christians can be prone to some of the same errors that anybody else can even even as christians we can uh, totally neg- neglect or ignore creation think well this you know whole thing's just going to burn up someday anyway so what's the problem we don't have to care about it and forget the fact that even in the beginning the first the first job given to men and women was to steward and care for creation. Now we can veer too far to the opposite end and, and think that, as you said, God and creation are the same thing, yes. and creation itself is divine, and we begin to get into worshiping that, and, and that's an error as well. But a biblical perspective says uh, this this is not God. There is a distinction between the Creator and the creation, but this is His creation. This is good. We are supposed to steward this in ways that honor the Creator. Uh, we can get a, a little glimpse of who He is and, and some of His goodness in this, uh, it is not God, but neither are we to just blow by it. Yeah. Roll it up in a ball and throw it away someday. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure you've had this experience,
3: right? I mean, I think most people do when you find yourself immersed in a moment in nature, I mean, the beauty is so overwhelming, whether it is your backyard or whether you are in a lake somewhere in
7: Guatemala or in the mountains yeah. in Colorado, yeah. it's hard to deny it. It is. And, and the, the big moments, the kind of exceptional moments like that, I think can help to train you for some of the smaller ones. So, for example, I got home after a couple days out in Denver and uh, after my plane landed, my one son and I uh, just went down to the little park that's at the end of our street just to throw a football back and forth for yeah. a little bit. It's just a little park down in the east end of Pittsburgh, uh, just a little green space, a few trees. But even there I thought, yeah, this is this. This, too, is part of that. And uh, alongside some of the, you know, just noise of the city, you could hear some birds and things like that. There, there's little reminders that you can see out there. So the big moments can sometimes train your eyes even to see the littler ones, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And God's and all those things. They point to God, yeah. Yeah, they all point to him. Uh, that's, I think, the, what Scripture says with that. Now, we do need this fuller revelation of God uh, to understand exactly who he is. So I know you and I have touched on that. I always, I always feel like it's got to be said, though, because we can pretty easily, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Can pretty easily slip into that stuff. No, I get so, that. That's good. Yeah, we need to know that there's more than that. Yeah. Um, but that this this, too, is... What are the things that God has given to us? Fabulous. And here we are. This is the
3: first week of summer, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Warm hey, Josh. out there. Uh, thanks. Listen, uh, talk to us about Belfield because, you know, uh, as we're talking about nature, uh, Bellfield's a particularly uh,
7: city church. Uh, we are. We have a little, we have some flower beds and some bushes out front, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, we are, we are part of the urban concrete jungle down there. Uh, but we, yeah, we're in the Oakland part of Pittsburgh, right on Fifth Avenue. Uh, so it's a church that we draw people from all over the Pittsburgh area, which is a wonderful way to just have some great intergenerational diversity, yeah. just uh, a lot of folks different from get, coming from different walks of life. So it's a really great way to see in that place how we can steward all the things that God has given us. Uh, so during the summertime, we just got two services on Sunday. We change our schedule up a little bit, one at 10 in the morning, one at 5 in the evening. But we have uh, opportunities all throughout the week for different stuff going on. Our website is bellfield.org, and we've got every social media link. You need there to keep you posted.
3: Sure. Josh, always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, John. Great to see really you again. I appreciate you as well. All right. Pastor Josh Brown from Belleville Presbyterian Church talking about the beauty of God's creation. Take a break. Uh, hey, in a few minutes, we're going to give away some tickets to uh, the Washington Wild Things. Uh, the Bucks, yeah, always good to go see uh, PNC Park. But if you check out some minor league ball, it's a little circus and a lot of fun. So I'll give you a chance to win those in a few minutes. Stick around.
1: It's Trinity Jewelers, half off, half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half July 9th through 13th and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half-off, half-the-store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com.
3: Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines.
2: To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream
1: media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net
8: Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports victims of drunk driving, drug driving, and underage drinking at no charge. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's MADD.org.
9: Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping. And God save the green.
10: Clear to partly cloudy tonight, warm and muggy, low 66. For tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, very warm and humid, high 87. Some patchy clouds and sticky tomorrow night, low 68. Then for Friday, partial sunshine. Again, a very warm and humid day with an afternoon thunderstorm around, high Friday, 88 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
6: Ah, yes.
3: It's baseball season. Listen, uh, Faith Night was a smashing success. I mean, how many people were there late in the evening after the Bucks won a thrilling game? I mean, uh, my guess is people who stayed to see the players and hear them talk about their faith, I bet it was almost double than what it was last year. And last year was a, a home run, no pun intended, although it was. But, I mean, every year, Faith Night grows and grows and grows. So, Kudos to everybody showing up and supporting the Bucks. But you know what? Uh, I've got um, a family four-pack four, t- uh, four pack right now. No, no, uh, no. Six-pack. Oh, oh, a six-pack? Yeah, baby. Oh, the family just got bigger. We, okay, <laughs> we're having some big... Ba- You're having my baby. <laughs> hey, yeah. Word FM uh, is this year's Family Faith Night with the Washington Wild Things, July 7th. Join us for Wild Things Park for a fun ball game and testimonies from the Wild Thing players about their faith following the game. Kids 12 and under are free... With a Wild Things Kid Membership Card and the first 500 kids get a kid's lunchbox. Check it out right now at our uh, website, Word uh, wordfm.com forward slash wild things. But as Mike said, a uh, family six-pack right now for the Wild Things uh, Faith Night July 7th. How about caller number 7 at 800-320-8255, uh, caller number 7, 800 320 Eight two five five, and uh go and check out the Wild Things playing some ball. It's fun. I mean, it's it's of course it's still baseball, but because it's minor league, it's much smaller. And man, the Wild Things they go out of their way just to have a blast. So between almost every inning, it might be it might be between every inning, they do something weird. Uh, they have fans running the bases. They're firing T-shirts. They're you know doing all kind of goofy potato sack races or whatnot. It's a blast. It really is. So highly recommended. Uh, Washington Wild Things Faith and Family Night, okay? Got a six-pack there. Mike's answering the phone right now. So, hey, um, it's June. Of course it is. It's beautiful. One of the most popular months of the year to marry. So uh, uh, let's talk about divorce for a second. In 2017, uh, the last time that these uh, numbers were available, one million couples in the United States got divorced. 2017, a million couples. It may sound like a lot of busted marriages, but the rate of divorce, just like the rate of marriage, is down. Today, younger married couples are less likely to split up than they once were, driving the trend. But at the same time, the rate of divorce uh, for older, uh, you know, us oldsters, I'll, I'll raise my hand here, has increased in a phenomenon known as gray divorce. Divorces hit a, a historical high in 1979 when 22 out of every 1,000 marriages broke up. By 2017, the rate of uh, divorce had dropped to 16 out of every 1,000 marriages. That's a decrease of 29% from the high point. Uh, one reason people think this is, the researchers, the, you know those brainiacs who follow that kind of stuff, is that people are just waiting longer to get married. So if you wait a little longer, they thought, well, maybe there'd be more success. Now, that... I don't know about that. I mean, some people get married 19, 20 years old and are married, you know, forever and ever and ever. God bless you. Fabulous. Other people, you know, they get married in their thirties and they're getting divorced in two years. The greatest, um, rate though of divorce, that gray divorce has more than doubled. This is, I find fascinating. If you're 55 to 64 years old, divorce rate has climbed, uh, substantially. Baby boomers, a lot of married people, a lot are in second marriages. Of course, second marriages, you have to know this, are at a greater risk of divorce. Um, In 1970, nearly a decade before the divorce peak, there were 76.5 marriages for every 1,000 unmarried women. In 2017, the rate had dropped to 32.2 marriages for every 1,000 unmarried women, a decrease of 58%. I don't know. Uh, That's a heartache, isn't it? Wouldn't it be a heartache? to be older and get divorced, just stay married, okay? Whatever you can do, stay married, all right? Go see your pastor, go see a therapist, but stay married. Take a break, come back, we got more ahead. Uh, We're going to talk about when do you reach your peak in life and what does that mean if you think you've reached your peak, can you still create? Are you viable past a certain age? Stick around for that. 101.5
4: WORD
0: Ahead this week from Chuck Swindoll. People are incredibly significant to God I mean, that's why he sent his son That's why his son died That's why his son is returning to this earth Having departed from us back in the first century people be listening
5: when
2: chuck swindoll talks about the value of cultivating genuine friendships weekdays on insight for living tomorrow morning at eight on 101.5
3: word hey it's john hall so a while back the folks at my pillow said hey john can you try out a my pillow and let us know what you think i'm skeptical i mean it's a pillow but what did i have to lose right i'll tell you what i lost interrupted sleep No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a sixty-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a ten-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a ten-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. You're
11: a small business owner, and there's nothing small about what you do. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions, like computers with Intel Core processors, servers, storage, networking, plus thousands of top brand electronics accessories and software no matter your technology needs dell is here to help your small business do big things call 877 by dell to speak with an advisor today that's 877 by dell
1: providence presbyterian church washington alliance church bethlehem lutheran church saint john the baptist church impact christian church the bible chapel What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef crafted special. Bistro to go cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the North Side. See what's cooking at bistro togocom <laughs>
11: All I am is just a housewife Nothing special, nothing great What I do is kind of boring If
12: you'd rather, it can wait All I am is
11: someone's mother All I am is someone's wife All of which seems unimportant All it is is just my mom.
12: Laundry, wash the dishes, take the dog out, clean the house, shop for
13: groceries,
10: look for specials, cut it sound so Mickey Mouse, drop the kids off, pick the shirts up, try to lose weight,
12: try again, keep the troops fed, pick their things up, lose your patience, count to ten, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 5, 5, 6, all I am is just a housewife, just a housewife
3: Nothing That's a song from a I musical called Working. Studs Terkel wrote a book called Working back in the early 70s, and it was turned into a Broadway musical. That song, Just a Housewife, sort of spoke to the despair of what it was to... Be a housewife, to do that again and again and again. I I play that song because uh, Ann Kennedy's with us, and she wrote a piece called At Least There Will Always Be Housework. Anne's a regular guest on our show, and uh, she's a very funny, insightful person. And she's a housewife, but she's also a very fine writer. Her book is called Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn-Out People. Anne, welcome back. How are you?
14: I'm good. How are you?
3: Good, thanks. Just a housewife, are you?
14: Oh, well, most days, yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. No, you... it only took me like uh 7 hours to clean my kitchen today. So, I'm good. I'm good for it.
3: <laughs> After those 7 hours, it was clean for about 15 minutes.
14: Yeah, they just came in and wanted to eat food and I said, "Get out." <laughs> no. Give me 5 minutes.
3: Let me adjust to the beauty for a few minutes and see what it's like. And yes. this is a piece that uh, you you wrote about. Uh, you wrote a piece called, At Least There Will Always Be a Housework, but it was reflective on something that you saw in The Atlantic. Your professional decline is coming much sooner than you think. Uh, tell our audience about that about that article and what it means to you.
14: Uh, well, it was, it was it popped up in my feed early one morning, and um, it's by Arthur Brooks, uh, and it's sort of a personal reflection by him on his own professional life. And uh, it starts out very depressingly. He's in the that he's in an airplane listening to somebody behind him bemoan his whole life being over, and then when he gets off the plane, he realizes it's a famous person. Who, no, who nobody would say that, that his life was over, but that's just how he feels. So he, um, he talks about how you kind of, depending on the kind of work you do, you're probably either going to peak at 30 or 50 mentally, and what are you going to do to prepare for that and to, to prepare for your own decline and, uh, I thought I was really well, I was really discouraged. I hope that I didn't peak at thirty. Oh my word. um I was hoping I would peak around eighty, which if you're a historian or you um interact with other people's material creative work, you can probably peak when you're eighty, so that's gonna be my plan yeah, otherwise, this is really bad for me. Um, but then I thought, you know, women, if you have, if you have housework, you don't peak. You just keep working until you die. So, you know, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna fall into decline. Right, you right. may mentally, but you can always do the dishes. So, um, you always have a reason to live. <clears throat> that was my, that was me trying to console myself for the inevitable.
3: Now, look, I I come from a large family. I'm one of seven kids. And my mother, I mean, she was a housewife with seven kids. So I imagine you, you you have six six kids, right? Yes. So, I mean pretty common. I mean, my mother would work from sun up to sundown, and there would be just these rare times where, you know, she was always cajoling us, which I'm sure that you do with six kids as well. Pick this up. Do this. Come on, you guys. This is a team mm-hmm. effort. you know. And then at one point, this happened maybe, and it would, it would just shock me. I saw this maybe three or four times. She would get so frustrated and so fed up that she would stand in the, in the middle of the living room, and she burst out crying. I mean, she was in such oh, despair, and everybody—you know—we were all just like crazy animals. And everybody would stop in their tracks, and we would watch her and think, "Oh my gosh, I—I <laughs> I did that. Forgive me, Mom." Oh. And um, then, you know, after—that's
14: a good tactic. Oh, it was a great I tactic. I have not done that but I'm going to today, later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you feel that, right? You go, no one's cooperating. I'm always trying to move this thing forward. And despite, you know, your husband, Matt, and his excellent work, you're still sort of like, you know, the lion tamer with the chair and the whip.
14: Yes, I mean, it. it if you want to do any other kind of work besides picking up people's stuff off the floor, um, it's very well it's exasperating and so yeah I could I could clean my house all day long and get other people children to clean it with me like that could be my 100 percent job every second of the day and I think most days it probably should be uh but I would I I'm just not a good enough person I um I, I my grandmother had eight people, and I learned recently that she never sat down until she was like fifty years old. Uh, no nobody saw her sitting in a chair really? um, ever and then one day she sat down and um, and everybody was so astonished they didn't know what to do. Um, so that makes me feel really guilty, but also like I need to learn to sit down. I try to sit down a couple of times a day and tell other people to stand up while I'm sitting, um, because otherwise, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. Um, of course she didn't make it to the 80 year mark. So that might. I think you should sit down. Yes, that, <laughs> for longevity.
3: I mean, you know, you, you see those sort of fancy, schmancy Fitbits where people are tracking their exercise. If you wore one of those, you might break the thing.
14: Yeah, I know that would discourage me so much. I would, yeah, I, I don't need to be reminded to stand up by that. That some people have a, an app that tells them to stand up.
6: Right. Um,
14: and I need an app that will tell me to sit down sometimes. Um, I have to consciously say, sit down and, t- and tell somebody to do, else to do it and read a book. Otherwise, um, you know, I'll go mad.
3: Now, on look, on Sunday mornings, though, you march your army of six kids in, and there's your husband. Uh, you attend church. So for a brief amount of time on Sunday morning, you do get to sit down along with that community of yours.
14: I do. I like to sit in church. It's my favorite thing. Um, and it is an interesting contrast to regular life because to go and sit. One thing I love in our church is that during the sermon time, everybody has to leave. We have an altar area, not a kind of a stage. And the choir, all everybody up there has to leave that and go sit in the pew and listen to the sermon. And it's quite an interesting thing to sit and let somebody else do the work for <laughs> you know, uh, 45 minutes. Um, and it's quite a, it's quite a statement to your own a spiritual statement to yourself. I'm sitting right now, somebody else is working um, because uh, I think we would all just keep, I would just keep going. And I would forget that Jesus is a person who actually also can work. I don't, I hope he's as good at it as I am, but I don't know if he would keep my house clean for me.
3: Oh, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> so someday, as a believer, right, you look forward to being in heaven. Heaven might be a wonderfully long sit for you.
14: I hope so. I also hope that I have, like, mental capabilities, um, even in heaven. Like, I hope that heaven is a great peak um, where you can think something for more than 30 seconds without being interrupted Um <laughs> That's my, that's my home. I'd like to think a whole thought for like a thousand years and that will be is sitting down. That would be wonderful.
3: That's funny stuff, Ann Kennedy. Uh, her piece uh, where she blogs at Pathios, uh, she's really great. Uh, look, look for Anne uh, on Pathios, P A T H E O S. At least there will always be housework, and it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. You're, you're very funny, very whimsical, but also you can uh, you can write like heck. So there, there's an opportunity I, at some point. I'm, I know. I don't think you're you're writing standing up. You do you do sit down to write, do you?
14: I do sit down to write, very and nice. I make in my mind, and I get a whole thought on the paper before the day starts, and that's for Jesus and for me.
3: (laughs) Anne Kennedy, she's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn-Out People. Thanks, Anne. Extremetruck.net. So, how was your breakfast
1: this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef crafted special. Bistro to Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-to-go.com.
8: For kids,
13: Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just their size, treats to tickle their taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch their hearts. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save $6 during Daniel Tiger's Neighbor Days, July 8th through 12th, with coupons from Eaton Park. Most
9: clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping. And God save the green.
3: It's summertime. It's fabulous, isn't it? As hot as it is, it's just incredible. Okay, so please accept this wisdom from a, a not very wise man. My wisdom is this, that riding a bicycle is one of the best decisions you will ever make. Trust me. You're going gonna to make some bad decisions in your life. No doubt about it. We all do. You're going to take the interstate at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a holiday weekend because you think it doesn't look so bad. You're going to buy a fancy hat that nobody will tell you, makes you look like a detective in a school play. Those are bad decisions. However... Riding a bike is not a bad decision. There are a million reasons why. You can just start with the fun of riding a bike. Remember when you were a kid and you rode a bike, how much fun you had? What it's like to put pedal over pedal, propel yourself down a roadway or a dirt path or the living room? I don't care about your parents' new carpet, right? I mean, if you're a guy. I mean, it seems hard to learn, and it can be, but you just have to stick to it. You hit the deck a couple of times. You know what that's like as a kid, but you get back up and you do it again. There are other reasons to ride a bike that are, you know, like health reasons. And it's both transportation and exercise. That's right. Get on that bike. You know, maybe you'll get into gear. And oh, there's that gear. The bicycle is a perfect machine with those gears. It's a wonder of efficiency and simplicity. And I know here in Pittsburgh, you know, it's easy to jump on the mayor bike lane bill because all of a sudden there's all these bike lanes. But if you lived in Pittsburgh long enough, if you're old enough, you got to remember that when uh, when I was a ge- <laughs> when I was a boy. There were no bike lanes. When I was a boy, you would take your life into your hands. Now you get on the trails. I mean it's the best. You get on those trails and they're, you know, lightly graded, there's some gravel. You just cruise along. A lot of times you're by the river, it's fabulous. Anyway, I can't underline this enough. The joy of being on a bike, it's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever do. So
4: I, I always wanted to take that those long bike trips um uh, I guess there's a trail from.
3: Oh, there is. There's. A, I've got a friend who is currently on the trail from Pittsburgh. You drive to Washington yes. DC. Yes, that's it. It's about 350 miles on a bike trail, and then on the way, Mike, if you go on these trails, there's a lot of B and Bs. Oh, now, nice. If you're on these trails, you'll see like the, you know the champions behind their bike. They're they've got a big trailer. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No. If you drive and you go like like a day of riding, maybe say you ride a bike for eight hours. And then you book ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And if you have the means to do so, which, you know, is always, you know, you can get a and b and you stay overnight in someone's house, have a meal, have a little drink, nice little bed, wake up in the morning, have some breakfast and then get back on the trail until you go to D.C. And then you take the train or have somebody meet you in D.C. And you just drive back. I'd love to do that. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, you ride a bike.
4: No I want to though do
3: you have a bike
4: no I don't yet oh I want to get one what well, I need to get one you never had a bike I had a I had a bike in college in fact it was my uh, it was my cousin's uh, grandfather grandfather's bike and he he rode everywhere yeah everywhere and he he got to the age where he couldn't ride anymore mm-hmm. so he knew I needed a bike and he I, gave it to you I came home one day and he's sitting in my driveway. Here you go, man. Right, that's Here's a, a family
3: heirloom. So what yeah. did you do? To the, what did you do to the heirloom?
4: It's in my parents' basement, just sitting there. Oh. just sitting there, collecting okay, so, dust. But you've got a bike. I do have a bike. I, I need to, you know, rub the cobwebs off of it yeah, and clean it okay. up a bit. But that's no big deal. Yeah, I would love to do that. I really would.
3: All right, get get on a bike because you got a son. Yeah. I mean, nothing better riding it. When, you know, you, your wife, and your son driving down the road. I love it. I truly do love it. I mean, one of the great things about having a bike is you get to go into the bike stores. I love shopping, even though I have a bike. It's just kind of one of those guy things. You just shop around and go, "Oh, I look at that! Uh, I want to buy that seat, or I want to, you know." Yeah. It's just, it's just the beauty yeah. of it all.
4: I definitely need to go because I've gained like 15 pounds within oh, the last. Oh yeah, yeah. Like
3: two months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on a bike and uh, <laughs> that'll that'll melt melt it away. Hopefully. Well, okay. All right. Step away from the uh, the buffet. Hey, listen. Speaking of buffet, somebody showed up today. Holy smokes. Oh, my gosh. What was that all about?
4: That was amazing.
3: Here at the Word FM studios, I walk in here and we're like, geez, holy man. Muffins, donuts. Some sort of, what is that? Like panini bread. I don't know. There was the egg sausage Egg sausage, pepper. Living large. Hey, we'll take a break. Come back. Listen, we're going to go international here in just a few minutes. Kathy Emmons, uh, she's in Amsterdam right now. And uh, we'll talk to her at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. She's currently traveling in Europe with the Pittsburgh Girls Choir. So always a little update about the state of uh, the church in Europe. Stick around for that during the 5 o'clock hour. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, on your bicycle, making your way home. 1.5
4: 1.5 FM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News,
5: I'm Ron DeRockstra. Special Counsel Robert Mueller will testify before combined House and Judiciary and Intelligence Committees next month. Before leaving for the G20 Summit in Osaka, Japan, President Trump was pretty blunt about his reaction.
9: My only response to Mueller is, does it ever stop after all of these years and times and people does it ever stop and the democrats use it to try and divert from what they have because what they've done if you look and you see and it's just my opinion tremendous criminal activity on their side and they know it and this is a diversion but i ask you this does it ever stop
5: the senate's approved a bipartisan legislation providing 4.6 billion dollars to care for thousands of migrants streaming into the u.s across the mexican border measure resembles a package Democrats already
4: pushed through the House last night. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Colusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years.
2: It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher along with Word FM on the Stand With Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on site while you watch and participate. Together with like minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10 day tour where you can pray. At the western wall in old city jerusalem float in the dead sea and take a boat out onto the water of the sea of galilee have you ever wanted to walk inside the garden tomb register today for the stand with israel tour this december 2nd through 11th just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfmcom israel that's W-O-R-D-F-M slash Israel. This is the Entertainment Answer. What is my family Blu-ray pick of the week? Well, how about Dumbo? Now, I know this flopped at the box office like a giant set of elephant ears, but I think for the small screen and a family night in, it's not a bad choice at all. This live-action version of the Disney original has several thrills, laughs, and entertaining moments. Now, for my full review, head over to mungleshow.com. And again, that's Dumbo rated PG, now available on digital, Blu-ray, and... And DVD. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle.
0: Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. Home Advisor can help get you started. Home Advisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. Home Advisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app.
2: You can really save time and energy by using Walmart's grocery pickup and delivery. To start, use the Walmart Grocery app or order online. Pickup is free and can be at an exact time. There's a small fee for delivery, but you can pick the one-hour window you want. And Walmart staff selects the best items for you no matter what it is. Fresh foods, bulk items, doesn't matter. There's a money-back satisfaction guarantee. And you can use the code WOWFRESH for $10 off on $50 or more. It's totally a great service. Walmart Grocery Pickup and Delivery. It's quick, easy, and convenient.
5: You know, they say the best is yet to come.
10: Clear to partly cloudy tonight, warm and muggy, low 66. For tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, very warm and humid, high 87. Some patchy clouds and sticky tomorrow night, low 68. Then for Friday, partial sunshine. Again, a very warm and humid day with an afternoon thunderstorm around. High Friday, 88 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Okay, we're heating up here, right, in the city of Pittsburgh. You get your A.C. I think you're turning it on this evening. 86 degrees. That's pretty good. Hey, uh, Kath is away. She is uh, traveling in Europe with the Pittsburgh Girls Choir. And uh, through the miracle of modern technology, though, uh, we do have Kath with us right now on the phone. Kath, uh, welcome back to the show for the top of the hour.
12: Nice to hear from you, John. How are things?
3: Real good. Real good. How are things with you? I mean, you're so far away. Uh, We've uh, sort of uh, shared some text over the week, but you've been traveling a lot. You're not in Germany right now, are you?
12: No, uh, I've been in the Netherlands all day today, spent the day in Amsterdam, and um, just now, only five minutes ago, pulled into Harlem, um, and if that sounds familiar to you, it's the home of Corey Ten Boom, and so I'm going to be here for two days.
3: Hey, fabulous. Okay, so you were at uh, Anne Frank's house. Was that yesterday?
12: No, that was today.
3: Oh, then please, tell us what happened.
12: Yeah. So uh, for those of you who've heard of Anne Frank, um, you remember that she's the author of The Diary of Anne Frank. And she became famous because as a young girl, she wrote about her experience hiding um, as a Jew who was living in Amsterdam. And after two years, uh, between 1942 and 44, uh, she and her family were discovered. They lived in the annex behind Uh, the factory where her dad worked, and she was taken to Bergen-Belsen, where she died of typhoid only at the age of 15. Um, But, of course, she's famous to all of us because her diary survived through one of her neighbors, and, of course, that has made her a worldwide heroine. And the Anne Frank Museum, John, I've been in museums all over the place. I love museums. This is the single most amazing museum I have ever been to
3: really do tell? I mean, were you inside the the place where Anne Frank was uh, yeah, hiding so away?
12: They, yeah, so so what they did is they have preserved uh, the annex where she and her family lived, and it is almost in um, it's it's untouched. I mean, it is really amazing. Otto Frank, her father, is the only one who survived uh, the concentration camps. <clears throat> His wife passed away and so did both of his daughters Anne and Margot. So when he um when he left Auschwitz, he went back to the annex and saw that it was in, you know, the same way that they had left it. Really? And he said he didn't want anything changed. And so it just kind of got closed up and so for historical purposes it is absolutely I mean, it's chilling to be in there. You walk through the annex just the way. I mean, if you've read the book, you've pictured it in your head a thousand times, but to be in there and to see how small it is and how many people lived in there and just, you know, I'd never been to Amsterdam before today, but the crazy architecture there, which requires steps deeper than you can imagine inside a house to go from floor to floor. Yes. And to imagine them living, they lived two years, John, in the back of that factory.
3: No, wait. So, Kath, so then you went into this annex. I mean, as small as it is, were there like, did they allow three or four
12: people at a time to go yeah. in there? So they. So the whole side of the building has been added onto, and so it's become the Anne Frank House, they call it. And so it's a it's the museum along with all sorts of other informational things about her. But what they have you do is they walk they have you walk through um, like an introductory museum part with an audio that's attached you know to your ear so that you can hear some narration, and then they take you actually into the annex which has the same wallpaper, the same flooring, the same everything. I mean, it is so amazing. And they only let... 12 people at a time because it is so small. So people are lined up around the block. And this is on a, what what day is today? Wednesday? Yes. This this isn't a holiday or anything. There are are hundreds of people waiting in line to get in to see this. I mean, it is so worthwhile. And here, uh, out of all the things I saw in the Anne Frank Museum today, the thing that shocked me most is that And you're going to think I'm making this up, but this is exactly what happened. From the moment you walk in, nobody talks.
6: Hmm. It is all
12: dead quiet in there. I mean, I was in there with a thousand people probably, you know, winding your way through the museum part and house. Nobody
3: speaks. So it's a sacred space.
12: It's a sacred space, and people recognize Hmm. that it's like being at a wake. Yeah. You know, you're there because it's important for you to be there, and you recognize that there's nothing that you can do, Right. but it's important that you're present.
3: You you come to pay your respects.
12: Right. And nobody, it's not that that's ever told to you. It's not like when you walk in, the museum guides say, hey, this is a sacred space, don't talk. That's just naturally what happens. And we have several people on our tour who've done, who've been to the Anne Frank Museum before, and they said it's been that way every time.
3: No kidding. Wow. Okay, so then, yeah. so you're traveling with the, the girls from the Pittsburgh Girls Choir—about 30 young girls, from uh, the eighth grade to seniors in high school, um, a, a mix of believers and non-believers—with you. W- what was their response? Could uh, w- afterwards, when you got back in the bus, what was that conversation like?
12: Well, we didn't get back in the bus afterward because we'd spent the day in Amsterdam. Okay. So we were all walk. We spent the whole day walking. We were. Um, at the Van Gogh Museum, and we were on uh, in a canal boat for a couple of hours. We Love did it. a lot of things. So we went and huddled in a restaurant after we finished the museum and just kind of debriefed a little bit. And there were girls that sobbed. There were girls that never spoke. There were those of us that just had all kinds of thoughts from anger to, you know, profound sadness to despair, you know, that— this could happen in the world. And all of these girls have a wonderful perspective because they're her age. Yes. You know, they, she could have been any of them and any of them could have been her. Yes.
3: Holy smokes, Kath. That's amazing. It really is. Hey, um, so Amsterdam, uh, beautiful. What you had imagined.
12: Oh my gosh. Well, it, there's no, I've never been to any other place that's anything like it. <laughs> it is a super fast paced city. It's a big city, um, it's incredibly beautiful. The canal system is so intricate and so big. Um, it, yeah, we spent two hours on a canal boat just kind of getting a feel for what the city is like. Lovely. It's very beautiful. It's incredibly diverse. Um, being in Germany for almost two weeks, Germany is very... Um, German. German. There's hardly any diversity in Germany, mm-hmm. um, very, very little. And you you go across the border, you end up in Amsterdam, and you just feel like it's kind of the capital of the world. Oh,
3: no kidding. Oh, excellent. Hey, okay, so uh, we're, we're walking in now to warmer temperatures, but uh, apparently it's a little warmer in Amsterdam than it is oh here my. in Pittsburgh.
12: Listen to me. It was uh, almost 100 degrees in Germany uh, when we left. And I think I shared with you on the air yesterday, John, That you know, we've laughed for years and laughed in kind of a sad way that neither you nor I have air conditioning in our homes in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Well, let me tell you, the nation of Germany doesn't have air conditioning anywhere. That's amazing.
3: I find it shocking.
12: So, whether you're in an office building, or a church, or a restaurant, nobody has air conditioning. Really. And so we were out. I mean, I I must have slept 20 minutes last night. It was. Oh, Oh my goodness oh, gracious. so I hear it's hot in Pittsburgh, too, so at least we're suffering similarly.
3: Yeah, well, it's not 100 degrees, I'll, t- I'll tell you that. Well, listen, Kath, thanks an awful lot. I really appreciate you taking some time from your trip. I know you're awfully busy as a chaperone for all, for all the girls and for all the work that you're doing. So, uh, listen, before you, you come back, let's connect again because I, I love having these updates from you.
12: Sounds good. And if you're following us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, I'll post some more photos tonight of a day in Amsterdam.
3: Very nice. Thanks, Kath. She's out and about in the world, a citizen of the world in Amsterdam today. Yes, yeah, Kath said, check us out. The ride home with John and Kathy. Kath's posting incredible photos of her journey, a lot of beautiful churches, city shots as well. So check her out there.
4: 101.5 W O R D.
5: Here's Dr. Charles Stanley.
0: Our true identity is that you and I are in Christ Jesus. You and I have been saved by the unmerited,
2: undeserved favor of God the Father through His Son as He died at Calvary. That's the way we are saved. Hear the series, Discovering Our True Identity. This week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com.
5: For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate subject to change. Pay percent fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
13: You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you.
5: The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Traczynski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the Original Disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
1: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org.
3: How many of us, followers of Jesus Christ, who call out Lord and Savior, are biblically illiterate? And if you're not biblically illiterate, you read your Bible, you're just misinformed. Well, Dr. Andrew Farley is with us. Dr. Farley is lead pastor of the Church Without Religion. It's a non-denominational church that resides in the high plains of West Texas. He's a best-selling author of uh, seven books, the host of Andrew Farley Live. It's a nationwide program Heard at um, 8 o'clock every evening on Sirius XM Channel 13. Dr. Farley's newest work is called Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. Dr. Farley, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
5: Hey, doing great. Thanks for having
3: me. Yeah, pleasure. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Uh, Andrew, 45 lies that Christians have been told. I mean, it's kind of a heartbreak in some ways that you have to write something like that to think that so many of us are so misinformed.
5: Well, we get so easily distracted. I mean, you know, 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul was saying, you foolish Galatians, who has tricked you? And, you know, the Corinthians were were pretty messed up at times. And I would say, you fast forward to today, and maybe Paul would be saying, you foolish Americans, you foolish Canadians, who has tricked you? Because we're kind of in the same boat. We get easily distracted and lose sight of Jesus.
3: So you can't really peg something like this on the, um, the information age, right? I mean, people have always been distracted or misinformed for a, a long time. But because of the internet age that we live in, things like, um, you know, the, the fallacies that we believe tend to be amplified across a, a wider spectrum. And so more and more people are willing to nod their head when they hear biblical untruth and they do think it's true.
5: Yeah, you get an, an idea like, hey, the whole world is saved, or the whole world will be saved, apart from any decision needed. And, you know, a, a theology like that can grow legs quickly in today's world, and yet, you know, a quick uh, perusal of the Scriptures, and you find out, no, wait a minute, you gotta, you got to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, and there are people at the end of the age that are judged for their unbelief in Jesus, for their rejection of the Gospel. So, You know, it's ideas like that that can sound good at first, and they get popular through, as you said, through this media age. But ultimately, we've got to go back to God's Word and say, what is the truth here that really sets me free?
3: Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's delve into a few of these these things that are just out-and-out misnomers. Talk about when people say, you know, hey, you're saved by Jesus' death on the cross. You know, if you would say that from the pulpit on Sunday morning, a lot of people would nod their head, right?
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, you know, we want to respect the cross. The cross is a big deal. I mean, Paul talked about the message of the cross. Many Christians hang crosses around their necks as jewelry. I mean, obviously, the cross is awesome. It's how Jesus Christ brought us uh, forgiveness of sins, but... The resurrection is actually what saves us. I mean, Romans chapter 5 says we were reconciled by the death of Jesus, and then it says we're saved by the life of Jesus. And I love that because, you know, it means yes. we're, we're not just celebrating at Easter, but we need to wake up every day and say, I've got the resurrection life of Christ living inside of me, and that's why I'm born of God, born of the Spirit. That's why I'm saved.
3: That's the key thing, right? I mean, yeah, Jesus was crucified on the cross. He's dead. That's it. If he doesn't resurrect, well, th- th- there's a whole end of Christianity. It's not really happening there.
5: Yeah, I mean, Paul said that. He said we're still dead in our sins if there's no resurrection. He said we might as well just uh, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. I mean, there's nothing left. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then there's no power over sin, no power over death no afterlife. So the whole thing's a joke. The whole thing's a charade without the resurrection life of Jesus inside of us.
3: Yeah, that's good. So, you know, in, uh, in your work, Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told, you, you talk about this, I would call it the tension between legalism and tradition. Explain that. Go a little deeper into that because people get caught up, a lot, I think, a lot of time in that legalistic, traditional way.
5: Yeah, I mean, tradition is one thing and truth is another. Sometimes they're not the same thing. I mean, I love a good tradition as much as the next guy, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. at the same time, we got to be careful because... You know, there's a lot of Christians saying, well, I believe this because mom and dad always believed it. I believe it because it's the denomination I grew up in. I believe it because, well, even great-grandpa thought that. So, you know, then we get into the early church fathers, and it it amazes me how many people will just fall at the feet of whatever these so-called church fathers said, I mean, 300, 400 years after Christ, and you delve into what they were saying. And I mean, they didn't even agree with each other. Some of them were believing in in eternal or or universal salvation. Mm -hmm. Others were saying you practice water baptism on your deathbed. Others were saying you get saved by Greek philosophy. I mean, there's some crazy ideas, even among the early church fathers. So All I'd I'd say to that, my friend, is, look, the Israelites were getting things wrong really early, smelting a golden calf, and the Corinthians were getting things wrong really early, as they were practically having drunken orgies at the Lord's Supper. And so, you know, we can get things wrong really early. So it's not the age of a belief that makes it right. We have to go to God's Word and say, is this biblical truth or not?
3: Excellent. And. And there are, I'm sure, a lot of people who are with their Bible often, who are regular Bible readers, but they also don't go to worship on a Sunday or a Wednesday, are not part of a church community, and that's also as dangerous as well, because you need to hear solid, Christ-centered preaching, someone who is going to work through this with you, because left to our own devices, we're going to fall into those traps.
5: Yeah, I mean, we're not made to be a Lone Ranger Christian. I mean, you know, the book of Hebrews says don't forsake the gathering together. And I know that people can make that into legalism. I mean, they can start to taking attendance and put stars on a chart, but at the same time, you know, we need to recognize the purpose of coming together is to encourage each other, to share our struggles with each other, to point each other back to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. I mean, if you are in a vacuum trying to figure out this Christian life all by yourself, the enemy is going to have a heyday with you, accusing you day and night, and that's why we need Christian friends, trusted believers who will come alongside us and help us see truth.
3: Amen to that. We're speaking with Dr. Andrew Farley. He joins us from uh, Texas, the author of uh, many excellent books. The Naked Gospel is, I think, probably what you're most known for. And before this, Twisted Scripture is Dr. Farley's newest book, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. So, Andrew, talk about this, because I hear this often. And, you know, it's a good thought. Uh, You need to die to self daily. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds good, right?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, we get it. I mean, people are saying, okay, let's live sacrificially, let's uh, think of the needs of other people. Of course, we would all say amen to that. But let's be careful with this phrase, die to self, because when you actually look at the New Testament from Romans to Revelation and even in the Gospels, you're not seeing this phrase, die to self. The closest thing we find is Romans 6, and it says our old self died, we were crucified with Christ, buried with Christ. We were raised to newness of life. So here's what I'm trying to say. You don't have to wake up every day and try to get rid of yourself or push yourself down or diminish yourself. What's beautiful about real Christianity is God is saying, you're you're one spirit with him. You're joined to Christ. You're united with him. You're included. You're the new self. You're the new creation. So he says, count yourself alive to God. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, Eastern mysticism says, get rid of yourself and empty yourself. But God is saying, no, he's the creator and he created you. And in fact, recreated you in Christ Jesus for good works. So count yourself alive, know who you are, and be yourself, and express Jesus at the same time. Well,
3: that's good. Andrew, you're the pastor of a church, and so I'm sure you hear, like everybody else does, you know, the demise of Christianity, people are just not attending church anymore, you know, uh, the world's uh, going to hell in a handbasket and all that. I mean, I I believe as a believer, right, we are born to be optimistic people, that we are one day going to be reunited with Christ in heaven, but when you hear all the, you know, the sort of the backstory of uh, the naysayers of this world. It does give you pause, but more often than not, um, you know, especially from your position as a pastor, things are a heck of a lot better than they are worse.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I recognize that people are being turned off by church atmosphere in, in some regards. I mean, some people have been harmed by a church community. Some people have been ridiculed or uh, even abused in some cases. So look, that is church and that is religiosity, but that's not Jesus. And I think that's what we need to remember, is that we're the body of Christ and that what people do to us versus what God really thinks of us, those can be really different things. So even if people have given up on a particular denomination or given up on a particular church group, don't give up on who Jesus is. He says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. And, you know, he's a giver of good things, not bad things. We've got a good father who is healthy toward us, and we need to know that even when people are abusive or cruel.
3: Hey, that's really that's excellent news. Uh, Dr. Farley, thanks for being with us. I love the new work, Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. Dr. Andrew Farley, who joins us from Church Without Religion in Texas. We'll take a break, come back, reset. Hey, stick around. we got a big chunk ahead.
8: My daughter's a student at Grove City College, and she spent the last nine months in the classroom being trained in all sorts of disciplines. She's gotten good theological training. She's got um, a lot of work in social science, and she's going to be a high school history teacher. And so she's also taken a lot of classes in how to manage kids and how to think about education and all those sorts of things. But... The classroom's the classroom, right? I mean, it's a, it's a controlled environment, and it's theory only. Well, now that it's hit summer, now she's working with actual kids in the city of Pittsburgh, and these kids have a lot of challenges that my daughter didn't have, and so all of the um, all the desire she has to work with the kids would, in large part, maybe go to waste if she didn't have some actual training in how to manage a classroom or how to deal with kids or what actual emotional development looks like in a kid. And that's why I think that the training you get at Grove City College is so essential for when you actually get out in the world and try to do something effective for somebody else.
3: That's right. You know, you've heard this. If it's a Christian education, well, it's got to be second rate. Well, I'll tell you what, with Grove City College, nothing can be further from the truth. Rigorous academics and deep end theology look both of our kids kath and i they attend grove city college love grove city college we would encourage you if you've got a high school junior or senior check out grove city college online for that next step forward gcc.edu that is grove city college recent storms have done a number on pittsburgh's homes and businesses if you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at Pittsburgh.com. That's Pittsburgh.com.
1: So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro To Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. Bistro To Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro To Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-to-go.com.
10: Clear to partly cloudy tonight. Warm and muggy. Low 66. For tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy. Very warm and humid. High 87. Some patchy clouds and sticky tomorrow night, low 68, and for Friday, partial sunshine. Again, a very warm and humid day with an afternoon thunderstorm around, high Friday, 88 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
3: Hey, Saturday night was Faith Night, 6th annual Faith Night at PNC Park. Fabulous game, big, gigantic turnout. Uh, listen, the minor leagues are not that far from PNC Park. The Washington Wild Things in Washington, PA, Sunday, July 7th, they are doing their Faith and Family Night. So join us, Wild Things Park, for a fun ball game and testimonies from the Wild Things minor league players about their faith following the game. Kids 12 and under are free with a Wild Things Kids membership card. The first 500 kids get a lunchbox. Tickets are on sale right now at wordfm.com forward slash wild things. That's Sunday, July 7th. It's coming up fast here. Washington Wild Things. Listen, if you've never been to a minor league baseball game, it's it's the same, of course. They're playing the same game of baseball, but the atmosphere around it. It is so much fun. I mean, it it's aptly named. It's kind of wild. I mean, you'll laugh a lot. They do all these weird things between games, races, and contests, and all kind of stuff. Highly recommended. Plus, you go on Sunday, July seventh, for Faith and Family Night. It's really cool. I love to see ball players. You know, whether they're hockey players or, NHL or NFL or Major League Baseball. You know, you see these guys in their uniforms, and you know they look like warriors. But the cool thing about Faith Night. Whether it's at PNC Park or the Washington Wild Things, you know the guys take off their uniforms. They go in the in the clubhouse. They take a shower, and then they come out. They come out on the field and sit down in a folding chair with their street clothes on. I mean, they look like you and me. Well, I mean, I mean you know, after a fashion. I mean, they don't look like me. <laughs> they may look like you, Mike. They might look, look, probably look like more like Mike than they look like me. But you know you know what I'm saying? They look like regular people, that that warrior thing that, you know, we look at major league ball players just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, truly, they, they do possess otherworldly athletic skills. But whenever they take the uniform off and they sit down, and especially when you hear them talk about – their weaknesses and their foibles and their you know idiocy things that everyone does, and then their life in Christ. You look at them and go, yeah, that yeah, I get that man. I hear that story. It's just super cool. So highly recommended to uh, to Faith Night Family Faith Night July seventh. Uh, right now though, uh, I've got a family six pack, six tickets. Take uh, take your family out to the Wild Things game on the seventh of July. How about call the number six at eight 800- hundred. 320-8255-800 320-8255 and uh, come home tonight and say man yeah let's go we're going to go to the uh, the wild things game on July 7th okay give us a call at 800-320-8255 Hey um Mike and I were talking about this yesterday about uh, the idea of you know sending a, you know a tweet or an email and, you know you compose it you put it down on the screen and right before you send you know you hit that send button you think better which is so wise. I mean, it's so wise. Uh, there's something called the, um, the, urge, the unsent angry letter. This is a historical thing. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, whenever he felt the urge to tell somebody off, he would compose what he would call a, a hot letter. Abraham Lincoln, he would pile all of his anger into this note. And then when he was done composing it, he would set the note aside until his emotions cooled down. Uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, she's a historian. She uh, said, uh, "Never sent, never signed." That's what Abraham Lincoln would do. He would not send it. He would not sign it. Uh, George Meade, uh, who was a, he was a commander in the, in the Civil War Army. He blamed Lincoln for letting uh, Robert E. Lee escape after Gettysburg, and they had this ongoing feud back and forth. And uh, it, it's told that Abraham Lincoln sent several hot letters uh, to. George Meade. But Lincoln, you know, he was not hardly unique, although like many wonderful things about the man, he sort of set the tone among public figures who need to think twice about their choice of words. The angry unsent letter is a veritable tradition. And I would encourage you to go and, you know, see for yourself what it was like. Mark Twain himself, uh, a notable non-sender. He believed, um, that, uh, Unallowable frankness and freedom was good for that unsent letter kind of thing. He often did this, which I loved, with his wife. When him and his wife were uh, in the middle of an argument, they would dismiss each other from the room, and then they would go and sit down and write each other a letter. (laughs) In my reading, sometimes Mark Twain would give the letter to his wife. More often than not, he said, to prevail marital peace, he would tear it up, and then they would go make up. I love this. Harry Truman, he once informed the treasurer of the United States that, quote, I don't think that the financial advisor of God himself would be able to understand what the financial position of the government of the United States is by reading your statement. Those were found in his letters after he passed away. He never forwarded that insult along. Winston Churchill warned Prime Minister David Lloyd that uh, when it came to Iraq, which is amazing, they're talking about Iraq in 1922, he says this, quote, We are paying $8 million a year for the privilege of living on an ungrateful volcano out of which we are in no circumstance to get anything worth having. And then he put that away in his papers, and those letters discovered after his death. So the hot letter, now I believe it's a hot email or a hot tweet If you get caught up in that kind of thing, don't regret it, right? Don't send those ugly, angry words. Instead, pause, say a prayer, ask for forgiveness, delete it. Or if you have to print it out, print it out for further reading. But I believe that when you read those words that you've written in haste and in anger, you'll feel bad about it and you'll choose not to send it. Here, take a break, come back. We're going to talk about gratitude in a few minutes. This so the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, WPIT Radio.
4: 1.5 W O R D. You're
2: listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan, and we want you to know that we appreciate you.
4: I'm your number one fan.
2: That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers, great giveaways, discounts, freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com/fanclub and sign up. We're big fans.
13: Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all natural, farm fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724 228 From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse.
11: Across America, it's snoring season. 90 million Americans make this sound every night. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Introducing an ingenious Australian invention called Mute. Mute is a comfortable nasal device that helps you breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. Put snoring season to bed, America. For
9: more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better.
6: Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details.
9: Need cash
6: now? One of the nation's largest personal loan networks, getcash.com, is the place to go when you need money fast. All you need is a checking account and a regular source of income. And you could get up to $5,000 discreetly with your computer or smartphone in as little as 24 hours, regardless of your credit history. Get the cash you need fast at getcash.com. That's getcash.com. GetCash.com
1: It's Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half July 9th through 13th and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. they just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com.
3: gratitude. You practice gratitude? I mean certainly when you take a tally of all the things, all the blessings in your life. Holy heck, I mean it just goes on and on and on if you really delve into this. Gavin Orland is with us. Pastor Orland is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church in of Ohio in Ohio, California. And and Pastor is here to talk to us, Gavin, w- welcome back, uh, about this time about intentional gratitude. How are you today?
15: Hey, doing well. Good to be with you guys. Yeah,
3: thank you. Uh, Kath is away. Kath is traveling uh, uh, with um, the Pittsburgh Girls Choir. They're currently in Amsterdam, so she's got a little gratitude. Uh, she's uh, <laughs> she's out visiting Europe. It's very nice.
15: Okay, wonderful.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, but Gavin, I mean, you and I talked a little bit uh, over email today. I love this thing that you do. This intentional gratitude.
15: Yeah, it's something I've been practicing for a couple of months now, and it's made a huge difference for me. It began with an Ann Voskamp quote that I saw. Uh, she wrote a book called 1,000 Gifts. It's all about gratitude. And I actually haven't read the book, full uh, full honesty here. Um, but my wife has shared a lot about it with me, and I've uh, I know some of the ideas. And one of the things she says is that joy... Isn't what leads to gratitude? Gratitude leads to joy.
3: Huh? Wait, say, that and, again. say that again.
15: Okay, so joy doesn't lead to gratitude as much as gratitude leads to joy.
3: So if you're grateful, you'll be happy.
15: Yes, and I I never thought about that before, um, but it kind of resonated with me when I heard about that, and I thought I'm going to try to cultivate that more in my life and just be more intentional to express gratitude to God and to feel uh, grateful and so in my car you know driving around i started just taking time to list things that i was grateful for and i found that it is it really is a powerful way to cultivate joy because oh, that's yeah i mean it, it, i've been surprised i thought it would make just a little bit of a bump in my day you know maybe 2 to 5% something like that and i would say it's more like 30 to 40% really of just how what a difference it makes because You know how it is, where um, uh, we tend to just focus on the things that are not working in life, whatever it might be. And (laughs) uh, so easy to think about that. Unfortunately, yeah. And kind of like the old saying about a glass is either half empty or half full. Well, life is always like that. There's some things that you look at and you say it's half full, other things half empty, and we tend to focus on the things that are that are half empty. And for me, this has just been a way to focus my mind on how blessed I am and how many blessings I have in my life. And it is incredibly powerful for cultivating joy. That's what I've discovered.
3: So as you go through all these blessings, you have to be amazed at a couple of things. I mean, what are the things that you kind of go, this is really cool. There's been a powerful change. What are those things?
15: Yeah. One of the first things that I have noticed is just how many things I have to be grateful for. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, because you, yeah. you, you, you tend to take things for granted, but then when you start thinking about, you know, I'm in good health relatively, I have a great family, I have a job, and then you start, and then I, you know, get real specific, and even just little things today, like the breakfast that I ate, <laughs> little things like that, and you... Um it's amazing how many things you can think of that wow, this is a blessing in my life and i'm I'm grateful for it well, that's good. so um yeah and then and then also what what strikes me is just how easy it is to overlook things and to not be grateful you know you're you're eating three meals a day and you're just used to eating three meals a day and you just take it for granted and I think one of the that's why it's such a healthy thing to give thanks for food when we have it and just remind ourselves this is a blessing it it could be that i that I wouldn't have this, and so I should be grateful that I do.
3: I mean, it sounds like a really simple thing, right? Something that's kind of obvious, but maybe because it's so obvious, we don't do it intentionally. I mean, I think probably a lot of us kind of go, hey, thanks, God, for this. But you're talking about, in some ways, this is a spiritual discipline that you've created.
15: Exactly. And and it is so simple, and yet I know for me, if I'm not thinking about it or if I'm not intentional about it, um, it's easy to overlook. And as simple as it is, we just forget to do it sometimes. So one of the things that Ann Voskamp talks about and that I've heard others talk about as well is actually keeping a gratitude journal. Hmm. And even just a five minutes a day, a small commitment is writing down things that you're grateful for. And sometimes you don't see an immediate results because it is a habit and it takes some time to cultivate that. Although I have to say in my case, when I started doing this, I actually did see an immediate result. I just, um, it's amazing the joy that is produced as you really wade into that gratitude. And you're driving in your car and you've been listing different things. And you're, you know, five minutes later, you're still going on thinking, (laughs) wow, I have so many blessings in my life. I have so much to be grateful for. And it it really works. That's what I would. Would say it really it really works to produce joy.
3: Gavin Ortland is with us. He's a pastor in Ohi California. So wait, so Gavin, as you talk about to yourself while you're driving in the car and you're listing these things, are you telling me that there's sort of a physiological change in you, uh, whether it's physical, psychological, something's going on as you're listing all the things you're grateful for? It's it changes you.
15: Yes, and I don't understand that fully. You know, a psychologist could explain that more than I would be able to. I just know that it does work. <laughs> I don't know, and I have started to study about this a little bit, and I, I do know there's some studies that do report that it, it does actually affect your health. That's the the claim that, that many have made. And I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm i not able to really speak to that. I just know in my case I've found that it really does um, it produces a particular kind of joy. And it's a it's a wonderful, happy feeling to truly feel grateful. You know, it feels good. Um, and I, I found too, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be the case that everything is going great in your life in order to feel grateful. Because I think that's maybe what somebody might think who's listening to this. And maybe they just got laid off from their job or they're grieving or they're having a bad day or something like that. And I found that Um, Even in times of grief or depression or sadness, it's possible to cultivate gratitude because there's still things that we have to be grateful for. In fact, I even sometimes wonder if in those times it's all the more important to cultivate intentional gratitude.
3: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so even when times are bad, if you engage in conscious gratitude and lift it up to the Lord, it's going to be good regardless.
15: Yes, I think so. I think so. And I think, you know, that that may not be the only thing we need to do, Sure, um, but it is one thing that's really helpful. And I think it combats envy too. You know, it's so easy with social media to look at other people's lives and think, gosh, everything looks great. You know, the grass is greener on the other side kind of a feeling. And I think that's one of the things that really reduces our joy. Yes. You know, c- when we compare our life to someone else's, we think, oh, I wish I had that, or I wish I had this. And gratitude is a great way to fight against that.
3: Well, that's so good. How about um, when you read your Bible and and you think about gratitude as you're going through? I mean, is there a particular place in the Bible? Are the psalms filled with gratitude?
15: Yes, there's a lot of of giving thanks in the psalms. Um, There's a few verses in Paul's letters where he talks Uh about giving Mm -hmm. thanks. So it is a biblical concept. And I would also – I was thinking about this earlier today as kind of theologically, you know, where does gratitude fit in? And I didn't have any great insights, but I, the thought just came to me that this is sort of a basic implication of, of the whole Bible, you know, the whole Gospel. If, if we believe that God has come to save us in Jesus, that we have heaven to look forward to, that he's redeemed us, um, if that should do anything to us, certainly gratitude should be one of the, the main things that produces in us. So in addition to specific verses, I would see this as a sort of common sense, you know, basic way to respond to the gospel, that um, if there's anything in our hearts because of what Jesus has done and his resurrection from the dead, it should be gratitude. That's fabulous.
3: So, um, Ann Voskamp, joy does not lead to gratitude. Gratitude leads to joy. That's excellent.
15: Yes. yeah, It's helped me. It's worked for me. I hope anyone listening to this can maybe put that into practice a little bit. I think they'll be grateful that they did so.
3: Very nice. Gavin, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time here and for your wisdom. Uh, always just good to have you with us.
15: Thank you, John. Good to be with you.
3: Thank you. Gavin Ortland, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai, Ojai, California. He's a great writer as well. Look for Gavin Ortland online. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsAreUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
0: Building relationships during recovery from mental and substance use disorders can put the strength of family and community behind you. We're all connected, offering encouragement, support, and hope. Join the Voices for Recovery. Strengthen families and communities. For
4: confidential information on mental and substance use disorders, including prevention and treatment referrals for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
3: Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? i was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a sixty-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a ten-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a ten-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD.
6: Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International Sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393
1: and sponsor a child right now.
10: I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental
1: habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock.
10: I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good
14: care of
1: you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com.
14: You have my word on it.
3: Welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Um, I'm looking at the PG and um, Mike, do you like lamb? Do you have, you have you eaten lamb? Oh, I love lamb. Yeah. Yeah. It's a touchy subject for a lot of people, which is really weird. Is um, it? Yeah. So we would host, you know, um, Christmas or Easter, you know, so Christmas, we would have like, you know, a Christmas ham. And, you know, when we first got married, my, my wife was like, oh, I, I love lamb. You know, let's, let's have lamb. Um, and before I got married, I, I, I didn't eat lamb, but my wife introduced me to it. And I love it. I mean, just really excellent. It's really uh, good. So we had lamb one time for a Christmas dinner. My family thought we were like barbaric.
4: What? Why?
3: We were serving lamb. And I'm like, are they well, vegetarians? No, no. Like, how could you eat a lamb? You know, um, Please don't, you know. And so nobody ate a lamb. My wife and I ate the lamb for Christmas dinner. Everybody else ha- had the ham, which yeah. I-, I don't get. So whenever we have family, you know, we don't we do don't do. You don't get the lamb. <laughs> no. All that to say that um, last year, my wife and I went to this. Um, it's called Lamb Fest.
4: Oh, I heard of this.
3: Oh, it's at the Ace Hotel in East yeah. Liberty, which is the old YMCA. And uh, last year it was sold out. I mean, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Uh, somebody treated us to a ticket. I, I think they were all, oh, yeah, they were pricey. I think it's like 60 bucks for a ticket. S- friends of ours were like, come on, you know, okay. Happily. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. We went and, uh, they give you this ticket and you go from place to place, you know, like, and sample all kind of land yeah. for, you know, hours. It was fabulous. So they're doing it again back at the ACE hotel. And, um, I mean, it, it is. It's a lot of money. Uh, if I had sixty-five bucks each for me and my wife, I, I'd gladly do that. But can you
4: take it home? Can you take any leftovers? No, home? no.
3: You, you stay there. No, you can't. There's no doggy bags. No, oh, it's too bad. Yeah, sixty-sixty-five bucks is. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The PG, twenty bucks for kids, uh, ages five to twelve. My kids will have. A VIP tickets cost a hundred bucks. Include free VIP? parking. Yeah. Uh, shorter drink lines. VIP only. Blah blah blah. Yeah yeah. I don't care about that.
4: So it acts as a buffet. You can get as much as you want, an unlimited amount of lamb. Yes. In different styles of lamb. Exactly.
3: And so at the PG article, they list all all these chefs who are hoping to capture both the People's and the Critics' Choice Awards. And I bet you there's 20 different chefs from all these different restaurants in the area, and they're all going to make lamb dishes.
4: See, any time I would have lamb, I would have rice and hummus with it.
3: Oh, why?
4: Yeah. And and, and garlic sauce. Oh. And mix it up. Yeah. I'd go to this uh, uh, Middle Eastern restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Nala's in Mm -hmm. Newcastle. Mm -hmm. And oh, my gosh. I don't know what they put in their garlic sauce when they mix it up with the rice. but Still there? Oh, yeah. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good.
3: I used to live in uh, Astoria, Queens. And at the time, uh, when I was living there, it was a really Greek neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, you ever have a souvlaki? No. Souvlaki is like a gyro. You ever heard gyro? Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. So gyros, you know, uh, but souvlaki is chunks of lamb, lettuce, tomato, yogurt sauce. Yogurt sauce? In a pita.
4: Oh, that sounds good.
3: Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, I've had uh, souvlakis in Pittsburgh, but nothing would compare to, you know, they would do the Greek festival. The Greek festival was just uh, maybe uh, two or three weeks ago in in Oakland. Yeah. You can get a souvlaki there, lamb there. Mm, Just fabulous. Anyway. It's a few minutes before 6 o'clock. We're all all hungry.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to go to Nala's in Newcastle. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you're like, you know, when you're like a guy uh, alone, what's like your, you know, you want to have something to eat. And for most guys, you know, when they're like, you're like me, you were a single guy for a while. Yeah. What was kind of like your go to meal?
4: You're probably going to laugh. I'd go to a Taco Bell.
3: Oh. No, I don't laugh at that.
4: Get some tacos.
3: No, the taco's cheap and it, it fills the need, right? Yeah, right. And if I
4: couldn't go to Taco Bell, I'd just make my own, quick and easy. Really? Yeah.
3: No, for years, like my go-to, like sort of bachelor meal, was kind of sad. I would do the hot dogs and beans. (laughs) It was like something out of like World War II. (laughs) It's like camp life. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Anyway. It's hilarious. It's a far, far uh, throw from lamb. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, You can check us out on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Podcast is up uh, about 10 minutes or so after we leave the air. And we're all there, okay? So thanks for coming along. See you tomorrow, God willing.